0: Okay, our topic tonight out of 2 Kings chapter 20, but also written in Isaiah 38 and 2 Chronicles 32, continuing with uh, the life of Hezekiah, Hezekiah's sickness. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Now, we don't need a prophet to know that. <laughs> you know? We're all going to die and not live unless we're here when the Lord returns. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think he's meaning it's going to happen sooner than you thought. And, uh, and so get ready. Right, not very subtle. as He comes to him with that message and uh, no doubt pretty shocking. Hezekiah was sick and hoping the prophet's going to come and give him some good news. And the prophet comes and says, you're going to die. Now, it's just saying, it starts with saying, in those days. Now, in context, in those days is talking about the chapter just before it, when and the king of Assyria, came into Judah and attacked it. And so this takes place in the very same year, the 14th year of Hezekiah's reign, when he is, uh, when his nation is under attack, cities are being taken, Lachish, a very large city, and walled city is taken, and um, Jerusalem is um, next in line. And so we don't know exactly where in that 14th year, we don't know if it was before what we did last week, which takes place in chapter 19 of of this book, 2 Kings, or during that, or just after that, but somewhere within that year, Hezekiah gets sick, and no doubt under all the pressure that he was under, that would make you sick. Just just knowing that uh, this mighty army is within your land and has blocked off all your resources and all other um, allies being able to come and help you, and uh, and it's not looking good. So somewhere during that time, he gets sick. Now, uh, seeing it chapter twenty, right after chapter nineteen. Uh, again, it could have been anywhere during that time and maybe Isaiah and the other writers didn't want to break the story that was taking place with the uh, king of Assyria and decided to leave this till afterwards, not put it exactly in chronological order, but it very well could be after the angel of the Lord kills 185,000 of the soldiers and the king of Assyria, Sennacherib goes back to Assyria, but before he dies. Before he gets killed by his own children, so, but some. So the attack was still possible, imminent. And we'll see that a little later on in this chapter. Um, but either, definitely, Shinarib was still alive because again, we'll see in part of the message or whether he had gone back to Assyria or he was right in Judah or he was on his way to Judah somewhere during that year. This takes place and. Uh, in whatever the case, it's not good timing <laughs> to get sick, and it's not good timing to be told you're going to die. Because here now God has been using Hezekiah for 14 years to bring revival back to the country, bring worship of the Lord back to the country, to get rid of the idols that were there, to cleanse out the temple, cleanse out the city, cleanse out Jerusalem, cleanse out the nation, and he's um, and being used faithfully. And chances are, well not necessarily chances are, but he might not even have a child to continue the Davidic line at this point. Because the child he ends up becoming king is not even born at this time. And so he might have that on his head and cares about that. And so Isaiah comes and said, get your house in order. And that's a good message for us as well, because uh, again, we're all gonna die Unless the, Lord, unless the Lord keeps us alive until he comes, and we go straight to heaven without seeing death, but otherwise we're all going to die. And so now is the time to get our house in order. Now is the time to have our wills already done. Don't wait until the prophet comes to you and says, You're gonna, your death is imminent, uh, or the doctor says you have some fatal disease, We should all have wills. Everyone should have a will. It's very important for everyone to have a will. You might say, well, I don't have enough money to have a will, well, you should have a will anyway. Everyone should have a will, and it should be written up uh, what your plans are for it, especially if you have children, so otherwise the state will decide what's gonna happen with your children. And if you don't have children, the state's still gonna decide if you don't have a will what's gonna be done with what meager whatever you have and it might not go where you want it to go, and the majority will get a good portion of it just for doing you the favor of deciding for you where uh, your money and things should go. So everyone should have a will. That uh, know another story of a person who didn't have much money and put it off in a well, didn't need a will, but kept on hearing messages message get, have a will done. And so he finally went and had a will done, and he ended up dying, ended up getting killed in a car accident, uh, a pedestrian getting killed. Well, his estate received quite a bit of money from the insurance company for his wrongful death. And he remembered the Lord in his will, and everyone should remember the Lord in their, in the, in their will, just that the Lord blessed us in our, our life, and when we return to him faithfully, tithe and offerings, we should remember him in our death as well. And so the beneficiaries of that man's, um, all the beneficiaries of that man's uh, estate uh, received quite a bit of money, probably more than he was able to give in his whole life he was able to give in his death. And again, something like that could happen for whatever reason. But it might even just be some little thing that you want to make sure that somebody gets, some memento of you, or some remembrance, Uh, and so we should have wills. Set your house in order. And also everything else. Our lives should be in order. So that if we are not there, our jobs, people should be trained to be able to take them over if we should die, if we're not able to be there. Our family should be uh, able to make it without us. Right? Usually in families, one person you know, knows more about this thing than the other than the other one knows you know, more about uh, some people don't know how to write a check because the, their spouse always wrote all the checks, don't know how to balance a uh, checkbook. We should be ready to die and have others ready for our death, or whenever it might come. Because we don't all get a warning. Hezekiah got a warning. He got a message. Doesn't always work out that way. So we should live prepared to die. Have our lives in order. He turns his face towards the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Just overtaken with grief. Tough message to receive. Again, he had plans, had hopes, and again, he might not have a child yet, and his nation is under attack, and difficult, unknown times ahead, and he has driven and hard work, and done what he can to build up the nation. He didn't say, "Oh God, please heal me." He says, "God, remember me, and remember how I have been faithful to you." And he leaves it with the Lord, and he's crying and crying bitterly. That's all we're told about his prayer. It's not a long prayer, but God hears more than his words. God hears his tears. God hears his heart. Don't have to worry about being a perfect prayer. And having the right words, God hears the petition of our heart. But we need to turn away from the things of this world, turn away from everyone around us, and turn to the Lord and open our heart in prayers and petitions to him often. Not just when we get the bad news. And we know from Hezekiah's life that he didn't just pray when he got the bad news. He was a praying man. And even as a praying man, this is all he could pray at this point. It's like a one-liner. Remember, O Lord, I've walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. And we know from the scriptures that they say there was no king like him before him or after him. And so he wasn't just boasting, he was laying out the facts. And if the prophet was come to, to our home today, tell us the sickness is on to death. Set your house in order. Would we able, be able to pray with a clean conscience? In truth, Lord, I've walked before you in truth, with a loyal heart, and have done what is good in your sight. There's no reason that any of us cannot. Because God has given us the Holy Spirit. Yes, we're all born sinful. Yes, we're all born with tendencies towards evil. Yes, we're all born with evil desires and corrupt hearts. But God has provided a way of escape. God has provided the Messiah for us. To take away our carnal desires. To take away our carnal thoughts. To take away the enmity against him. Take away our cravings and our fallings and our failings. And to make us new. And to create in us new hearts that love him. New minds that desire to obey him. That want him. That want to do what's right. And the Holy Spirit to give us the power to then do it as well. There is no reason, except our own choices, why by God's grace we cannot live walking in God's truth with a loyal heart and do what is good in God's sight. That's the power of God. Hezekiah wasn't born naturally good. Hezekiah had a rotten father. Hezekiah had a father who Disobeyed God, shut up the temple, brought in idol worship. It wasn't his training, wasn't his upbringing. Wasn't natural for him. It was supernatural. Hezekiah had his life changed by God, and God can do that for every one of us by His power. No matter how evil our past, no matter how many problems we had growing up, no matter what sins we've committed no matter what wrong choices, no matter what our propensity to evil is, and we all have some propensity to evil, different ones, but we all have them, we're all born with natural desires for sin. That's why we have those natural desires. That's why we have those desires, because we all are born in sin. Not that those natural desires are good. They're not from God. We shouldn't act on them just because we feel them. We should confess them and give them over to the Lord. Allow him to give us a new life, and a new heart, new mind, new everything. All things become new when we surrender to him. And that's what Hezekiah did and continued to do. And thus he's not playing catch up here. A lot of times people notified of some sickness and then all of a sudden they start trying to make their lives right with God. Now is the time to make our lives right with God all the time. Don't wait till Yom Kippur to make it right. Every day should be a Yom Kippur. Every day, Lord, search me and try me if there's any wicked way in my heart. The end of every day, Lord, did I do right today? Did I make the right choices? And if not, confess them, receive God's forgiveness, and receive God's Spirit to change us in that area. So Hezekiah was able to pray this, and he's not rebuked for praying this. Isaiah would have known, God would have revealed it to him. Isaiah pointed out plenty of sins to plenty of kings. And before Isaiah reached the middle court, so when Hezekiah, I guess, is praying and crying, Hezekiah leaves, did his job, didn't stay around to comfort him or hug him or whatever. (laughs) Gave the message and he left. Not easy being a prophet, I guess, you know. And he's walking away and he's in the middle of the court. And the word of the Lord came to him saying, return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord. The God of David, your father. I have heard your prayers. I have seen your tears. I will heal you. And on the third day, you shall go
1: up to the house of the Lord. God knew that was Hezekiah's desire to go to the house of the Lord.
0: When Sennacherib came and sent that letter, I'm going to take your city, surrender all, taking you captive. Hezekiah took that letter to the house of the Lord, and if Hezekiah was able to get out of his sick bed, he would have brought that problem to the house of the Lord and prayed before the Lord. So God gives him this assurance: on the third day, it's not going to be an instantaneous healing, but on the third day, you're going to go to the house of the Lord.
1: I'm going to heal you. I've heard your prayer and I've heard your tears, or I've seen your tears. So God listened to his prayer. And God did
0: for Hezekiah what he would not have been able to do if Hezekiah didn't pray. It's important for us to pray. Yes, God knows all things. Yes, God is in control. Yes, God can stop things and do things but he doesn't always. And because of the battle between God and Satan, because we're not in heaven, because Satan is the
1: prince of this earth, God set the boundaries, made the rules, and set it up that there are certain things that he cannot do unless we pray. And he heard Hezekiah's prayer. And he was able to move and heal Hezekiah. He gives him that promise. I will heal you.
0: And on the third day, third day in the Bible has a lot of symbolism in the third
1: day. Messiah was resurrected on the third day. Hezekiah is a symbolism of the Messiah,
0: who also prayed, Lord, remember me.
1: Lord, I've done what is right in your sight. Satan has found no foothold in me. I've walked in truth. And he wept and cried. Yeshua cried so intensely.
0: that the sweat built on his forehead, that his blood pressure raised so
1: high that the sweat had blood in it. And the father heard the son's prayers. Now my will be
0: done. Not my will, but your will be done. And Hezekiah didn't even specifically ask
1: for healing. Remember how I walked with you in truth. Yeshua prayed,
0: Lord, not my will, your will be done. Praying, crying. The father heard his prayers. And on the third day, he was in
1: the heavenly house of the Lord. And Hezekiah has given this assurance. As a foreshadow of the Messiah.
0: and I will add to your days 15 years. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria, Assyria. and I will defend this city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David." So there's where we we know that the king of Assyria is still alive or still a threat, that he gets the assurance that I will defend this city for my own sake And for the sake of my servant David, and this is the second time, God brings David up to Hezekiah. Again, maybe that was on Hezekiah's mind. The lineage of David. I can't die yet. The lineage of David has to continue on. Faithfully walking the way David did. With a heart after God. Maybe the toughest part here is I will add 15 years to your life. I don't know if I'd want to know. You can imagine how difficult, I mean birthdays can be difficult too, right? Anyway, you know, of as it is. But if you know you only have 15, you're counting down. (laughs) 14, 13, 12, 10. When do you get down when you get down to one? And you know, he doesn't give the exact day, but maybe it's 15 years to the day. Maybe not. And make it even more intense, right? Nowhere else in the Bible that I know of, anyway, where God gives a specific date and time. Other than Messiah, Messiah should have been able to calculate the time of his death from Daniel chapter 9. Otherwise, I don't know if there's any specific date given. For anyone else, you're probably better off not knowing, right? So we can always be ready, and always have our heart right, always have our house in order. Jehoshaphat was given us that time.
1: Oh the next day. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And I guess for Saul also, we'll right? <laughs> yeah. But alright. He's given that time. 15 years. And it's during that 15 years that he ends up having Manasseh. And that's how we know that this took place in the 14th year because he reigns for 29 years. And so he's added 15 years. It's the 14th year. And Manasseh is born during those 15 years. We'll study Manasseh sometime. He was a terrible king. Probably the wickedest in Judah. Cruelest in Judah did horrible, horrible things, killed the Levites, brought in Baal worship, killed anyone who stood in his way. To think he wouldn't have been born, Hezekiah didn't pray. So be careful what you pray for. You might have been better off dead (laughs) than being healed. So I'm going to ask God about that. When, uh, mic is off? Should be on, no, the battery's on, it's green. I'll grab a microphone if I need to. Alright, Lou, I'm gonna switch to this one then. Let's try this one. This
1: one's on, Testing.
0: This one's off too? Testing, one, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Oh, something's on. Something's on. Okay, this one. There we go. So when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God why.
1: They're both on now. All right. All right.
0: Why did God heal Hezekiah? (laughs) Let us go through 55 years, I think it is. And how long? Manasseh lives. Horrible, horrible, kid.
1: horrible time.
0: And if he didn't live those extra fifteen years, Manasseh wouldn't have been born. And it's because of Manasseh, again, Judah was doing good under Hezekiah and had done good, except for his father's six years. His grandfather was good. His great grandfather was good. His great great grandfather was great. And uh, Joshua comes along and does. Josiah comes along and does good. People do good under those times. It wasn't for Manasseh whole history might have been different. So be careful what we pray for. Lord, your will be done, not my will be done. If you want me to die, you know, I can think of a lot of worse things than death. When we know the Lord. And our heart is right with the Lord. And we have the assurance of heaven. Isaiah said, take a lump of figs. So they took a, and laid it on the boil, the boil, and he recovered. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, what is the sign that the Lord will heal me? And then I shall go up to the house of the Lord on the third day. So a couple of things here. God promised he's going to heal him. Isaiah says he's going to heal him. And I, Hezekiah is the one, I mean, Isaiah is the one who says, go and get a lump of figs and put it on him. So while God is able to heal miraculously, and instantaneously, and we see that in the Bible, we've seen that in, in our congregation here, God sometimes chooses to use natural remedies. Yeshua sometimes took mud to heal people's eyes. Other methods, go down to the Pool of Siloam, and wash, and you'll be healed. And so here he chooses not to do it instantaneously, He chooses to use a natural remedy. So it's not wrong for us to be praying, trusting the Lord's going to heal, and also to act upon those in our lifestyle, in how we live, what we eat, what we do, and how we exercise, and also using natural remedies and even medicinal ways, medical profession, that God has given wisdom to. And Hezekiah says to Isaiah, what is the sign that the Lord will heal me? And that I'll go up into the house of the Lord the third day. Now God doesn't rebuke him for asking this. But it might seem like a little bit of doubt there, especially if it's after God's killed 185,000 Syrians with one angel in one night. Why even question it? He doesn't seem to question when Isaiah says, don't worry, Shennacherib is going to go back and he's going to get killed and, and I'm going to protect this city. He doesn't say, what sign are you going to show me? Maybe God put that thought into his mind to ask for a sign so that it cannot be doubted that the healing was from God. So no one would say, oh, it was the lump of figs. Or, oh, he just got better. It wasn't as bad as we thought. It wasn't as bad as Isaiah said but to show that it was miraculous. So he's healed and God gives a sign. And Hezekiah asks for a sign. And again, maybe God prompted him to ask for the sign. Because again, he's not rebuked. There were others, Gideon asked for a sign and he wasn't rebuked. But we should be able to believe God without signs. And so Isaiah said, this is the sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will do a thing which he has spoken Shall the sun, shall the shadow go back forward ten degrees or back ten degrees? So he gives Hezekiah the choice. How do you want? What miracle do you want? I'm going to move the sun one way or the other. Do you want it to go forward or do you want it to go backwards? And Hezekiah answered, "It is an easy thing for the shadow to go down ten degrees because that's the way it normally goes. No, but let the shadow go backward ten degrees." So Isaiah the prophet cried out to the Lord and he brought the shadow 10 degrees backwards on the sundial of Ahaz. So God does a miracle. And he moves the sun 10 degrees. We don't know exactly how long that was, whether it's 10 hours or 10, whatever, it's 10 degrees on the sundial. Um, And so he he moves time back, demonstrating that God is mightier than the sun for those that worship the sun, Mightier than the earth and the rotation of the earth. He's mightier than all things. He's able to do anything and change everything. He's able to heal. And that's a small thing for God. The biggest miracle here is not the sun moving. It's not the healing. It's what he did in Hezekiah's heart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good idea. Let's go back. Let's go back. Uh, Give me as much time as possible. (laughs) That's right. Back back to my childhood, actually. There's some things I want to undo there. (laughs) Let's go back. That'd be good. Before I got sick. Before all these things. Then in the book of Isaiah, chapter 38, it tells us Hezekiah's prayer after the healing. He says, I shall not see Yah, the Lord in the land of the living, I shall observe man no more among the inhabitants of the world. My lifespan is gone, taken from me like a shepherd's tent. I have cut off my life like a weaver. O Lord, I am oppressed, undertake for me. What shall I say? He has both spoken to me and he himself has done it. I shall walk carefully all my years in the bitterness of my soul. O Lord, by these things men live. And in all these things is the life of my spirit. So you will restore me and make me live. You have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption. You've cast all my sins behind your back. Sheol cannot thank you. Death cannot praise you. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your truth. The living, he shall praise you as I do this day. Very similar to some of the Psalms. The living are not able, to, the dead are not able to praise God. Only the living shall praise you. God lovingly delivers our soul from corruption, again, that we're naturally born into. And God casts our sins away from us. Not only this penalty of sins, Not only the past sins, but he casts our sinful nature away from us. He saves us. You shall call his name Yeshua, for he shall save his people from their sins. So we praise the Lord. Now is the time to be praising the Lord. Now is the time to be thanking the Lord. Now is the day to be living for the Lord. Trusting him and relying on him. So as we prepare to pray, if there's any area in our life that's not in order, that's not right before God or before men, as we pray, surrender it to the Lord, and ask the Lord to reveal what you should do to make it right. If you cannot say before the Lord, Lord, I have walked before you in truth. If you're not following his truth, if you're not following some area in his word, there's some area of disobedience. When we pray, surrender that to him. Let him forgive you. Let him cleanse you. Let him break Satan's hold over you in that area. And let God fill you with his spirit. If there's any area we're not able to say, God, you've known my way how I've followed you and have done what is good in your sight. Is there any area that's not good in God's sight in our lives? When we pray,
1: let's surrender that to him.
0: Many of us are sick. And maybe even on to death. Maybe fearing death. Or some sickness. You want to pray, Lord, your will be done. Lord, if you choose to heal me, let me be healed. Or use my life. Use me for you. And if you can be glorified in my death, I surrender that to you. If you still have a purpose for me, heal me and let me live. Some area of sickness you need healing. Bring it before the Lord. Let him work his mighty power in you. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Even if the prophet declared you as good as dead, bring it before the Lord. Let the Lord decide. May God's will be done in your life, on earth as it is in heaven. Maybe there's something troubling you. Maybe some fear is upon your heart. Maybe you're fearing some attack. Some imminent attack is still out there. Surrender it to the Lord and receive God's assurance of protection. Trust in Him, rely on Him. Maybe there's some area in your life that you haven't turned your face to the wall and prayed before the Lord and brought it before the Lord. Maybe you're not in the habit of praying. Maybe it's not become your custom to pray on a regular basis. I encourage you to surrender that to the Lord, confess that to the Lord, and ask Him to give you a praying heart, a praying mind, that when trouble comes, or the news from the prophet, or news from the king of Assyria, your first impulse will be to bring it before the Lord in prayer, trusting in Him. So if any of those areas apply to your life, as we pray, let us give them to the Lord and trust in Him. Our Lord and our God, King of the universe, we are thankful for the example of your word. We're thankful for Hezekiah and we're thankful, Lord, This godly example. Lord, the work that you did in Hezekiah's life, you can do in our life as well. We were born with corruption and frailties, and you delivered his soul, and you can deliver us as well. So deliver us from our corrupt, carnal heart and mind. Deliver us from our fears and our anxieties. Deliver us from our sicknesses, our physical and our spiritual sicknesses. Deliver us from fears, emotional sicknesses as well. Work in us and through us. Lord, any area in our lives that's not right and set before you, is there anything that we need to get right? Lord, impress our minds and lead us in your way. Direct us and move us to fulfill your purpose and your deeds. That we may even come before you and say before you that we've walked in your truth. We've done what is right. We loved you and we serve you.
1: In Yeshua's holy name, amen.